Your reality is spiritual. His truth is His truth. And if we can align with God's reality, we will finally be living by reality. So I witnessed a miracle yesterday. Um, I was at the wedding. <laughs> what a privilege. Do you know that's a miracle, right? The word of God says that two become one flesh. And if that's not a miracle, then I don't, I don't know what is. That's a miracle. Only God can do that. And did you know you can schedule miracles? Some of them? It was, it's been scheduled for a while. And uh, he showed up and did it. Awesome thing. In fact, we're going to talk um, a little bit later. We're going to talk about marriage a little bit. And uh, it's going to be part of what we do this morning. We're in a series right now. Um, I'm talking about... Um, the culture, Jesus's culture, the culture of the kingdom. Okay, and it's it's on my heart very strongly that each week as we as we go through this and we pick up another aspect of the culture of the kingdom, um, we're just going to talk about each time when we start. He's having me in a different way talk about the importance of understanding that we are in a very real kingdom that's here. And talk about um, the importance of aligning with his culture. We can align with all kinds of cultures. The culture of the world or the culture of your workplace or the culture of your community. But see, Jesus came and instituted a kingdom and it's a very real kingdom. It's his and he's the king of it. So he gets to set that culture. We don't get to choose what the culture is. And as we align with that culture, then we afford him the ability to bless. Do you know that's true? We want to become places. And by places, I mean our heart, your home, this church, your business, your workplace. All of your circles are places. And the goal is that it's a place where the Holy Spirit of God is welcome. It is such his culture that he can move right in and his authority is in that place. His blessing, his favor is in that place because it's his culture. Amen? Does that make sense? Okay, so that's what we're talking about. And I'm just going to start in uh, Matthew chapter 7 and in verse 24. And he's talking about his, this is Jesus um, I love when I love the words of Jesus <laughs> the most. And he's talking about his culture and his kingdom here, which he did quite often. Do you know that he talked more about the kingdom than he did anything else? You realize he, he did come to ransom us from our sin to save us to eternal life. And he is that personal. He is that crazy in love with you. But he also came, and it's the same thing really, but he came to institute a deeper reality of his kingdom. Do you know that? Okay, and he's talking about that here. He says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Okay, I know you've heard this before. So, But in other words, when you align with my words, with my sayings, then you're establishing on, on the foundation of me, on the foundation of my kingdom. 
He goes on and says, and the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. I'm going to tell you the other day I was in prayer uh, preparing for this. And he gave me a picture. He took me out into a broad place that was just sand as far as the eye can see. And, and I felt like he was saying to me, do you realize before I came to redeem and establish my kingdom, there was nothing but sand. After the fall of Adam and Eve, there was only sand. And in this picture, as I started to walk, I was walking with Jesus, right? And as we walked, um, I wasn't sure why we kept walking and, and why we were going this way and this way and walking. And then he had me turn around and I looked. And everywhere we walked, the sand had become rock. You see, that's the calling on our life, to establish the kingdom in such measure that where you go, when you look behind you, because you've been walking with Jesus, you're establishing the authority of his kingdom. What used to be sand becomes rock. That's the, the, he loves you like that. He wants you to participate with him in the blessing like that. He goes on and says, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and it was a great fall. Now listen, part of the reason we're reading this is because of what comes next. It says, and so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings, that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Do you understand what that's saying? We're going to really get a clarity on this in a minute. But what does it mean that he taught as one with authority and not as the scribes? You have to understand what the scribes did. The only thing that scribes or the teachers of the law did was interpret what was on the scrolls what was in the word, right? So what was Jesus doing differently? He's showing up on the scene and he is teaching them. He's not interpreting just the shadows of the reality. He's now teaching them as with authority. He's teaching them uh, afresh, anew. He's giving them new pieces beyond interpretation, but bringing an actual reality of what they had heard prophesied. And such so that even those who end up being opposed to him and end up putting him to death are astonished because they recognize that he's teaching with authority. You see that? Now we're going to get a clarity on what I'm talking about. Um, turn with me to Matthew 13 and verse 45. Still Jesus, same gospel. And he's, he's talking about uh, the kingdom of heaven, okay? The kingdom. And he says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now, this is loaded with so many things, but as we keep moving in Jesus's words here, it's going to seem a little eclectic. But I, I hope we're going to see how He's, he's in a progression here. I don't believe there's a random order in the word of God, okay? It leads us somewhere. But notice, so the starting place is, notice that this guy is seeking, okay? He's seeking for something. Now, I want to tell you about the people around you 
in your lives, in your world, your neighborhood, your circles, the places you go, they are seeking God and His kingdom. They are. They may not know it. They may be. They, they may know they're seeking something. They may not have any idea what it is that they seek. But the Word of God says that He put eternity in the heart of man. We are ever aware. Those who are not in Christ are ever aware that they were made for something that they're not in. Do you know that's true? They are ever desperate and hungry and thirsty and seeking even when they don't know that God and his kingdom is what they're made for and that's what they're seeking. Well, the man in this parable, he's seeking, okay, and he finds that pearl. And just like we talked about last week, what does he do to get that thing of great value, the kingdom? He sells everything to get it. In other words, he values nothing over having the the pearl, the kingdom of God. Okay, so Jesus goes on in verse 47 and says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore and they sat down and gathered the good into vessels but threw the bad away. So they're fishing with a net. And there's a weeding out of the good and the bad. Now let's get something straight. In truth, biblically, what's the difference between good and bad? The difference is being in Christ or not. Being under the grace of Jesus or not. We have to be clear about that or we'll misinterpret everything else we read as we read forward. Okay, They're not good because of their performance or good because of their skills to advance the kingdom or (laughs) anything else they have. They are only good because they're covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the good and the bad in this, okay? He goes on and says, So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth, separate the wicked from among the just. So let's be clear. There are dire consequences for what we believe for the decisions we make as it concerns Jesus, okay? Now, I want you to notice the language shift, though. It went from good and bad, right, metaphorical language, to what we're actually talking about, the kingdom, wicked from the just. You see how it's, it's, Jesus, it's Jesus Christ and his blood, that's it. What justifies us is the blood of Christ. That's the difference between the good and the bad. I'm thoroughly convinced that we're going to be shocked when we get into the kingdom and we see who made it in with us. (laughs) I think there are lots and lots of Christians among us, and it's very, very hard right now to tell that they are Christians. Is that fair? Because it has nothing to do with their behavior or how well they're doing it. It's all about the justification of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the kingdom of God. Y'all are kind of intense. Are we doing okay? (laughs) Okay. Soaking it in. Smoking the brain. Okay. And this is leading somewhere. Okay, so he goes on and he says, there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. There's the seriousness of the consequences, right? And Jesus said to them, have you understood all these things? And they said to him, yes, Lord. Now, I'm kind of impressed by them. I kind of put myself in there like I'm there, and he just said those things we just read. And if he asked me, have you understood, what's he say? Have you understood all these things? 
I've just said, I'd probably be like, mm, you run it by me again. <laughs> right? Can you imagine? But they just go and say, yes, Lord. So he kind of moves on, right? He says, okay, if you understand that. Then he said to them, therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his treasure things new and old. Now, I want you to get this a little bit before we really move into what the Lord has on my heart to send you with. You understand, there are, this is saying there are things new and old. Okay? In other words, what's the old? In other words, the shadow of God's kingdom. His epic plan to love you all the way into the abundance of his life started when he created Adam and Eve in that garden, when he made the garden even before he put him in there, the shadow of his kingdom always was. As he formed his people Israel in the dirt over there on the other side of the sea, th these are shadows of his kingdom coming, right? And then he shows up and he starts teaching as one with authority. Things that are new, he begins telling them. The initiation, the, the, uh, the ribbon cutting of a kingdom that he's bringing in a deeper reality than ever before. All right, now we're going to talk about what we're really going to talk about this morning. That's the introduction. How, the, do you want the kingdom of God in your life? Do you have anything you value over having the kingdom of God so grounded in your life that, that you walk with the authority and the glory of God making a difference in this place? You see, you understand, lots of scripture talks about salvation, justification, moving from death to life. Do you know that there's a lot of scripture that isn't talking about that? Mostly when he's talking about the kingdom, he's actually talking about the next step, he's actually talking about um, the, the living reality of the kingdom in your life now so that you're fruitful, productive, in the fullness of the joy of walking with him in the kingdom beyond salvation, right? Do you value anything over that? So go with me to Luke chapter 18. I'm going to do a dangerous subject a little bit. I think I'm starting to say that every week. I keep asking the Lord to give me something that's just kind of pleasant and cool. <laughs> We're going to talk about submission in the kingdom of God. So here's a parable of the kingdom, okay? Jesus again. And here in Luke 18, verse 9, it says, Also he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. So the context before we even read the parable that he gives are people that are not, what do I want to say? People that are not living in, exhibiting, or are in the reality of the culture of his kingdom. Can we agree on that? That is not the culture of his kingdom. And here's his response to the story. He says, Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. I thank you that I'm not like Randy. <laughs> right? This is what's going on. <laughs> Bad example, especially given what comes next. So let that go. 
says extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. So he literally singles somebody out. He says, especially like this guy here, <laughs> right? And he says, and then he starts saying what he does. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. As the tax collector standing afar off, did I skip something? No. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but rather beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And he says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. And here's the reason we're reading this. He says, this is a kingdom principle, okay? The culture of the kingdom. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Now let's get something straight. Humility is not thinking less of yourself than God does. Did you, did you hear that? That's not humility. That's shame or something else. That's, that's darkness of the enemy. He'd like to poison this with some idea like that. Humility is proper order of submission in the kingdom of God. That's humility. The proper order of submission. Okay? So a kingdom principle here is that being in proper submission is the kingdom culture, and it arranges you for, for blessing, for participation in the things that he's doing. It welcomes his spirit. When you're in the proper order, order there's my St. Louis accent, pops out just every now and again, order of submission in the kingdom. So before we move on, I have a question for you. Is it bad that the Pharisee is doing these good things? Is there anything wrong with that? No. So what's the problem? It's the thinking. It's the, hum it's the missing humility, the missing order. He's not submitted to God. He's bringing something as if God needs some of his goodness, right? Or he has something of value in his own goodness to offer God. That's the problem, right? Okay, go with me to Luke 17 and verse 5. I think this is the last parable. I'm kind of hitting you with a whole bunch of kingdom parables. I couldn't help myself. I'm like, oh yeah, this has got, he shows me another one. This has got to be in there. Here he's talking about the kingdom again. And, and I want you to see, um, look at the context on this one. You understand every parable is in a context. It's a recording of him relating with people. Just like he relates with you, has a conversation with you today. Okay, and here it's, it starts in verse 5, Luke 17, 5. It says, And the apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. Sandra and I made that prayer um, one time, would be like 13, 14 years ago. <laughs> be careful with that prayer. <laughs> oh my gosh. We started praying that together, and everything in our life fell apart. <laughs> Our faith was increasing, let me tell you. And we did emerge from that season with a faith that was unrecognizable than the one we went into it with. But just put your seatbelt on if that's your prayer. And so here's his answer in uh, verse 6. 
If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. And which of you having a servant, now here's why we're reading, which of you having a servant, plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat? But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper, gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk? And afterward, you will eat and drink. Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise, when you have done all those things which you're commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. I have to tell you, this is one of those, I've I've struggled with this portion of scripture. Um, It's up there on my top 10 list of like ones I've struggled with because it's in so many ways, it seems so contrary to most of what Jesus says. Most of what he wants you wants in your life is for you to be tickled pink with his love over you, right? To, to feel the showers of his approval and his authority flowing through you in the spirit. And then here's this parable of, of kind of like demanding servanthood. And I want to tell you what's being said here, and it's going to lead us to some of our final points, okay? This is in an answer to the prayer, increase our faith. Okay, so the first thing is, what do you see? How does he say you increase your faith? You serve him. You serve the purposes of his kingdom. In doing that, there's, that's the increasing of the faith. That's how he will do it in your life. Okay? And the other thing is, and this is really why it's in the message this morning, he is firmly establishing that the blessing on your life, your ministry, your life is your ministry, right? The blessing on that is in the proper order of submission in his kingdom with him as the head. Okay? We're going to take this places now in a minute. Very, very practical places in your life. But it is, in, it is a kingdom of proper submission. You'll see it from cover to cover. It's the culture of his kingdom. Submission, being in submission, releases the authority and the blessing of God in your life. It's important to believe that before we go on or or get it, at least. Now, I'm going to tell you a story about me, and it's going to sound like I'm patting myself on the back, but so please don't do that. I'm patting God on the back. I'm going to tell you about... As I was brought out of a dark period in my life when I was way off track, and he brought me back to himself just after undergraduate, just after college years, I started um, ravenously studying the Bible as I was doing these temporary job assignments place after place. I was in these companies, and the word of the Lord to me, what came to me was that I was to serve my bosses at these jobs as if it was to him. All things is unto the Lord. And I really, I didn't have much. I look back and I think, wow, I didn't have a whole lot at that time of substance of understanding the kingdom of God. But he gave me that one to where I would bring ultra respect. I would work as hard as I could for these, these bosses. And it ended up kind of, it ended up exalting me and exalting me. I kept getting offered these permanent positions and I kept having to say, no, I think I'm being 
called another way. I'm not going to stay. And when the temporary assignment would end, I would leave. And, and so here's what I'm getting at. In recent years, I was starting my own business and I was struggling and I was thinking, you know how we do, I was thinking, where is the payoff <laughs> in this? I couldn't make the business go and I'm working as hard as I can and I'm thinking, I've served all these people, I've been obedient to you to do this and it didn't come. And then it was a few months after I took this call from, from God and from this church to do this, that he said to me, he brought that back to my remembrance, that I, I diligently did that, that he empowered me to do that. And he said, he said now I'm going to put you doing this in my house. You see, I want to show you, it's a kingdom principle, and we're going to see this really clearly, and then I've got a challenge for you, but it's a kingdom principle, proper submission. I want you to start thinking as we move forward in what we're doing that you have, you have circles in your life. This church, your involvement here at the church, the other places you go, the other things you do, your family, your immediate family, your extended family. You have things that God has built in your life. And we're going to see that there is submission for all of us in those places. Okay? To do that... Um, we're gonna we're gonna do that kind of by picking on uh, Randy here for a minute. <laughs> this one. <laughs> Go with me to Ephesians five, and this is where we're gonna be here for a minute. But this is where we're gonna kind of finish up this morning. Okay, now the book of Ephesians, the first four chapters of Ephesians, I ca- I kind of think of them anymore as like the winning the lottery chapters. It's where basically the the fullness of the blessing of the kingdom of God, everything God means for you to have because he's that crazy nuts in love with you is there in the first four chapters. And it just goes on and on and on until like by the time you get to the end of chapter four, you like, you need a nap because you're like, oh my gosh, I am so blessed. That's the, and then in chapter five, he begins kind of like a therefore. In fact, does it start with therefore? Yes, it does. Therefore, if all of that, if you won the lottery and God means for all of that to be yours, how then practically, what does that mean in your life and the way you live? So that's what's going on here. It starts and says, therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. So in other words, he's beginning to talk practically about your life. That's the only reason I read that part. I want you to go down to verse 15 with me. I want you to see. The reason I'm showing you some of this stuff is because we begin to throw things out. Like we, we start to want to go, well, it's, it's all the grace of Christ, right? Well, yes, it is. But then what we start to do is say, in other words, that means there's no consequences or there's no, there's no we don't play a role in, in uh, how much of the blessing of the kingdom or how much of the authority of the kingdom we're wielding for his glory and these kinds. We like to throw that away um, and it's just not the case. So here in verse 15, it says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Do you hear those words? So what's he up to right now? What's, what's he up to in you and through you? 
redeeming the time because the days are evil, because his kingdom is here and he means for you to share in that glory with him. Do you believe that? He means for you to carry the authority of the kingdom and bring things under the submission of his kingdom, redeeming the time. You know, that word redeeming is, um, uh, well, it's several. it says to buy up ransom, to rescue from loss. Okay, that's what you are doing in this age as you cooperate with Jesus. And lastly, it says to bring back to properly order or to proper order. It's strange the way it's worded in there. But to bring it back into submission. Each thing in proper submission because that occupies blessing when it's ordered right. Does that make sense? Okay. So then in verse, uh, let's see, 17, it goes on and says, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, uh, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Paul talked about that in the ceremony yesterday giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, submitting to one another in the fear of God. In other words, he's given, look, he's given a bottom line here. Do you want to be in the blessing, in the flow of the Spirit, operating with the authority he means for you to have in your life? The foundation of the culture of the kingdom of God is is that you're in submission to one another. See, that makes the Holy Spirit feel welcome. The Holy Spirit says, I can can move right into that and fill it and give you my authority when you're in submission to each other like that. It orders his kingdom to his culture so he's welcome. Do you know, I've gotten to the point we have our share of arguments in our marriage. In fact, we had one yesterday on the way to the wedding. <laughs> we were so late. I mean, we were here working on the renovations and stuff, and then it always takes longer to clean up than you think. And, and the stress level had gotten so high that we're not going to make it to this wedding that uh, let's just say the culture of the kingdom of God was not in our vehicle. <laughs> It was getting really ugly. I mean, really ugly. And I've gotten to the point where um, I've realized I want to beat her to the apology, to the, to the uh, repentance. I want to be first. <laughs> and um, she beat me yesterday. We got out of the car. We showed up at the wedding and we got out of the car and we, st- we no sooner walked around the car and kind of met each other to start walking together. And, and she said, I'm so sorry. What are we doing? Or something like that. I'm like, oh, she beat me. <laughs> and it was, it was years and years of, of horror and strife. <laughs> in our marriage that's brought me to a point to where I want to beat her to the punch on that. And do you know why? It's, it's the order of submission. It's mutual submission. And I understand that laying, the, the one who lays their life down is the one that's, that's quickly running and saying, I've got to reestablish the kingdom of God in this by, laying, by, being, by laying myself down. 
I want to tell you, for marriages, if, if you will race to beat the other one to the punch, to lay, to lay down your life in repentance like that with each other, it'll, it'll bring the, the culture of the kingdom of God into your marriage. How many of you know that people in here have been married a lot longer than me? <laughs> in fact, let, let's read about that. It goes on um, in verse 22 and says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Now look, I want to break this down because this is one of the most misinterpreted, um, strangely twisted and wielded scriptures that's in here. There are some that have been twisted a bunch, and this is one of them. We skip over the most important words here most of the time, church. What's it say? As to the Lord, right? And then what does that mean? So wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Why do we submit to the Lord? I mean, I get it. He's God. He's the king and all of that. But we submit to him because he's our redemption. He's the one that laid his life down to give you life. That's why we submit to him. He is our life, right? He laid himself down completely and goes on and says, for the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. So look, we're only understanding this correctly if we understand that what um, guys, what our wives would be submitting to is the fact that we have completely sacrificed ourselves for her. (laughs) <laughs> right? We have completely died to ourself for her. And later it talks about mutual submission. So um, marriage <laughs> really is completely complete self-death for each other. It's a big call. I don't want to freak you out this morning or anything, but um, I'm just saying it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> No, you guys are good to go. When the Lord's in it, we're actually empowered to do that. See, we actually lay ourselves down because we understand that's where his blessing is. That's the culture of his kingdom. That we There's no greater love than to lay your life down for a friend. Actually, we should read this. It goes on and says, Husbands, <laughs> Love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. See, that's, that's, that's what creates an atmosphere of submission. And I'll tell you something. I know this is talking about marriage. But look, it's actually not. <laughs> it's actually talking about the kingdom of God and the culture in it is really what this is. What this is. In other words, do you understand that whenever, you understand you lead things, and this is the bottom line we're leading to, God is calling you to lead things, even if it's just to lead yourself, and then he'll promote you to lead, and he'll promote you. As you humble yourself, you're exalted, right? So he means to bring you more and more and more into the, in, to be one of authority in his kingdom that you're leading things. You're also always in submission. I don't care if you rise to the top of whatever it is he's having you lead, you're in submission to him and others. That's the culture of his kingdom. Okay? And why am I saying that? 
Oh, I got it. So in other words, when you lay yourself down as Christ did, you are creating a culture that others can submit in. Do you understand that? You are automatically creating an atmosphere where others can be blessed because you made it a culture of submission and humility. You're staring at me. Am I making sense? Is that, does that make sense? It's so critical you get that because we're, we're moving to a challenge this morning. We want a place where the Spirit of God is welcome. And when you lay yourself down, you create a place where the Spirit of God can move into that because people are in proper submission. Okay? In fact, later on, he goes on and literally says in verse 32, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So he says plainly, I know I've been talking about marriage, but really I'm telling you about reality in the kingdom of God, Christ in the church, Christ in you. And if you want to, I was going to read more, but for time's sake, go on and finish reading that part of Ephesians. Because it, it then goes on and starts talking about bond servants, which really in their culture was um, employment. <laughs> okay, so you're starting to read about the workplace and how the kingdom of God, even in the workplace, God's culture of submission, of humility in proper ordered submission releases his blessing releases his authority for the kingdom of God. All right, I'm just I'm going to I'm going to close with a few thoughts here and then and then I'm going to pray for you. Which one, Lord? How about this? How many of you know who Lauren Cunningham is? Several? Good, good. Lauren Cunningham is the founder of YWAM, Youth with a Mission. So he formed a huge organization with Jesus. Um, that's making an incredible impact ever since. Um, when I was studying at Wheaton, uh, I read one of his articles, and I, I tried to find it back. You always want to find your sources and stuff. But it was one of those that left an impact on me that I'll never forget. He was talking about submission in the kingdom of God and how that is the power of God in this place. And um, so you understand, he's someone that that um, founded this huge um, ministry. He's at the top of it. So you'd be tempted to say, well, he only needs to be, I mean, he would be in submission to the head, Jesus Christ, and and that's it, right? Other than that, he, he rules, why wham, <laughs> or, right? But he was very, um, he was very led to begin to teach Jesus's church that, um, that we are to be in submission to others if we're going to be in the culture of God. He sought out, he purposely sought out people starting from the beginning and all the way up, all the way through the development of YWAM. He always sought out people that he would put himself in submission to. That he would, he would humble himself and hold them in a place of authority in his life. And you see what God's accomplished in that culture. And so really, I, th- this is really the, what God put on my heart for this morning. I give you a challenge for this week. He may answer it instantaneously for you, or it might be good to meditate on it this week. Who are you in submission to? 
Who has God put in your life that you can be in submission to? That you can, you can put your, your trust, that they have the love of Christ for you, and they could speak into your life, and, you, and you'd be in submission to them. It's such a very big deal, because when you do that, you invite the Holy Spirit in power to release new freedom, more fullness of your identity, power and ministry, the authority of the kingdom, changes to prayer. Let me put this out there. How many of you have um, prayed for someone long-term over your life, whether it be a, a relative or, or a son or a daughter, or a, and you, you've prayed and you prayed and you prayed, maybe for decades, and, and it took a long time to get the fruit, or you're still waiting? Okay, let me tell you something about, about submission in the kingdom of God. Do you know, I, I believe this firmly, and I, maybe sometime I'll show you here in the Word, but do you know why sometimes you have to pray and pray and pray, and it goes on for years or decades, and the answer doesn't come? It's all about submission. Do you know that if you're in submission to someone in the Lord and they pray for you, it means you're, it means you're in the order of submission. God can release the answer to that. Does that make sense? You're in submission and they're in submission to God. And so, and so they, they pray and that answer comes right in. When someone is out there and they're they're not in submission, they're they're in rebellion, or or they're they're off doing their own thing and they're not in submission. I'm not saying stop praying. He answers those. He hears you in the throne room. I'm just telling you sometimes why there's such great delay and why it requires the spirit of intercession, um, prevailing prayer that goes on and on and on to bring a breakthrough because there's a lack of submission. Does that make sense? So who are you in submission to? I promise it will release blessing in your life. And if you don't have that, if you don't have mentors that you trust, spiritual mentors or people that, that you know in advance, and why does it have to be in advance? I'm, um, you know I can't help myself. I'm going to say this too. Consciously in advance is very, very important. Do you understand why? In the moment when you need exhortation the most, in the moment where you actually need an authoritative voice, someone who, who um, I know the Lord speaks to you directly, but he also speaks through people. And so when you need an authoritative voice speaking into your situation, that is the moment when it's going to be the hardest or the most counterintuitive to follow that exhortation and, keep, and put yourself in submission. So it is actually, I, I firmly believe this, please hear me. It's important to do it consciously and in advance. Know who you're in submission to. And if it's not there in your life, ask him for that gift. He'll, he'll give it to you. He'll give you people that you can put yourself in submission to. He'll answer that prayer and he'll speak through them and he'll answer their prayers on your behalf. And he'll guide you. And he'll infuse you with power through them. And I should definitely stop before I go down a whole nother train of thought. So can I pray for you? 
Father, we thank you that your kingdom is alive and well in these, your people, in us, here in this place. And we thank you that your plans are only good. We thank you that your love that flows over and in us is unstoppable, unquenchable. And Lord, we want everything you have for us. I ask you, Lord, that you would um, reveal to all of us relationships, relationships that, that we can mutually submit in, we can submit to each other, that you would grant a spirit of unity and peace, that we would be in that mutual submission so that, so that you are free, Holy Spirit of God, and you are welcome to move and advance your kingdom and bless us with every good gift. And I ask, Lord, that you would, you would be revealing in, in the week, in the months coming, that you would be revealing people that you are positioning into our lives that we can, we can submit to, that we can give um, authority and faith that you have put that relationship in our lives. And we thank you in advance that you're going to answer that prayer, that you are going to be establishing uh, mentors and guides that, that know you um, and, and walk with you and have a heart to love and, and that you're going to answer the prayers there and that you're going to speak uh, words of knowledge and words of guidance and words of love. We are so thankful that your reign is coming in this body, that the reign of God is being established and increased. And we ask that we would more and more be carriers of the reign of God in this community and our families in this, in this area, in every circle. Lord, we ask that your spirit and your authority be released in every area that we are involved in in our lives so that your glory is bringing things into the submission of your kingdom. And we, we love you, Jesus. We pray all these things in your strong name. We recognize you as the king of this kingdom. And we are most of all in submission to you, our head. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.